My name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. And this is Zen Parenting Radio. Um, We're going to talk about lessons learned. You learned some lessons. Yes. Um, you went to go see the Lama. The Lama, yes. I learned some lessons from the Dalai Lama. And we're going to talk a little bit about Deepak, if you know who Deepak is. Mm-hmm. And he, goes, the, he goes by one and name. And then we had um, kind of a family emergency, and you wanted to share your thoughts on that and maybe some insights. Sure. Okay. So, But first, we're going to break format, and I'm going to treat the uh, listeners with a quick uh, movie line. And I make my way over to Tibet, and I get on as a looper at a course over there in Himalayas. A looper? A looper. You know, a caddy, looper. Jack. So I tell him I'm a pro jack. And who do you think they give me? The Dalai Lama himself. The 12th son of the Lama. The flowing robes, the grace, all striking. So I'm on a first tee with him. I give him the driver. He hauls off and whacks one. Big hitter, the Lama. Long. Into a 10,000 foot crevice right at the base of this glacier. Do you know what the Lama says? Gunga Galunga. Gunga Galunga. Gunga um, We had to cut that movie line off a little bit just because it turned into a music video on YouTube. <laughs> but. If there's ever a chance, you know, it's you went to see the Dalai Lama. I did. So and we have to how, do we have to do the Caddyshack line if if you went to see this guy talk. That's true because he's got that going for him. Which is nice. Which is nice. Which is the end of the movie line that we couldn't put in there. I know. That's all right, but everybody knows it. I, most people do. Most people do. So, um, so let's start. Let's start with the holiness. Okay. Um, you went to go see the Lama. I did. And he was in Chicago. Um, he at Loyola University, which is my. Uh, my alma mater. Yeah, you used to you get your master's there. Yes. And so, anyway, so uh, he was there to... Um, Talk I, to you about peace and... Well, yes, but he was also there because they were giving... Um, there was some award ceremony the night before, and Sean Penn had won an award. Um, not a Nobel Peace Prize, but something in the vein of a Nobel Peace Prize. Like okay. something about his humani- humanitarian work. Okay. And it, so it was really nice because Sean Penn actually introduced the Dalai Lama. Um, that the following morning when mm-hmm. I was there. So anyway, um, his message, if I'm going to like kind of summarize it and wrap it up. He talked for what, an hour, hour and a he half? He talked for, mm, yeah, 45 minutes, so something like that. I'm asking like you that. to sum up his talk in one minute. Well, I, can, I think I can do that. I think there was a lot of high school students there because there was actually an essay contest to ask the Dalai Lama question. And there was a lot of, obviously, college students there. Um, and the the point of his talk was to talk about education and educating um, our young people about nonviolence, but nonviolence doesn't just mean not hitting and hurting and killing. Right. Nonviolence is also about what we feel inside and how we need to practice nonviolence with ourselves. How we have to be more forgiving, more loving, more compassionate toward ourselves and each other. And once we feel that inside, then that automatically. Um, solves the issue it, of violence on it, the outside. It will result in it not results, being violent outwardly. But he's exactly. basically, you start with the inside, and then the outside will just kind of come. It, the outside just is. Because if you are nonviolent inside, it is ultimately impossible to be violent outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and what his point was is with our young people, even you know, not just the high schoolers, but young, 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 our kids, young kids, we have to teach them these skills, compassion, forgiveness, joy. And you know, you said at the beginning, we we're going to talk a little bit about Deepak Chopra, and we were watching an interview with him last night, and he is saying the exact same thing. I think everybody's saying this. Right. And we all 
speak it. We all say, I want to teach my child compassion, love, all those kind of things. But are we, you know, like, are we doing that in our actions? Are we really teaching them how to be um, joyful? Are we teaching them how to be in a hurry? Mm -hmm. Are we teaching them how to show compassion? Are we teaching them how to win and beat everybody else? Are we, you know, teaching them how to love themselves? Are we teaching them how to look at other people and validate themselves through what other people think? And so sometimes our, what we want is not necessarily the message we're giving. And I think that's what the Dalai Lama was trying to talk about is, we really need to make this this consciousness, and I'm using that word to mean being aware of what we're teaching our children, part of our education curriculum. And well, and how we teach. You know, we might have the best words in the world, but we've said many times it's not about what we're saying in our words. It's how we're behaving in front of them. It's how we interact with the guy who cuts us off on the road and all that stuff and versus I- being preachy saying, oh, you need to be honest. Like, those are just vacant hollow words, aren't they? And I, yes, because I feel like those are things people taught us that we should do to be good parents. So we're kind of going on rote, you know, like, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. We're in role playing mode. Mm -hmm. You know, my role as a parent is to say this and do this and to give him a, give him that mean eye when he doesn't say thank you. And we're not really present with what's going on. We're not in the moment with them. I gave a mean eye yesterday. To which child? Um, I'm not going to specify. I'm going to protect the innocent. (laughs) Well, I don't remember the situation. She just said something not so nice in the car. Oh yeah, I remember yesterday when we were pulling up. And you know, it's interesting because you I got, got a, mad. you did, and that's all right. And you left the mm-hmm. car, and she and I sat in the car and talked for a minute or two. She, one of our daughters, made a comment that was just the way she was feeling about something, which could have sounded really disrespectful. And so, when you got out of the car, she was a little confused, like, "Why is Dad so annoyed?" So I said to her, you, you have to understand that you may be feeling that and that may, that's completely normal. But when you say that to people, mm-hmm. that can offend them and make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I think she needs to understand, like, it's, I can only, uh, and it's hard to talk about this without getting specific, but I don't think we want to get specific. I don't. Mm-mm. But, um, her words affect people around her. Right. And if she says something that can be interpreted as just a, not a nice thing. Right. I don't want to pretend that. Everything is fine. But we don't have to. See, this is a perfect example of this situation. Is the the difference is, do we in that moment shame her and guilt her for saying it? I did via my look. I didn't say anything to her, but I gave her a very cold stare. Right. And so I I didn't shame her with my words, but I, I feel like I let her know very clearly that what she said was not okay. And then the follow-up to that, which happened to be two seconds later, but it could be 20 minutes later when you're feeling better is listen, let me explain why that affected me. When you say that, even though I know you're feeling bad or you're disappointed about something, that's normal. But when you say that, that can hurt other people's feelings and you have to understand how your words have power. So it's a learning experience and rather than a, oh my gosh, she's such an awful person Mm -hmm. because she's not, she's Mm -hmm. a kid who has no filter, who speaks her mind. Right. Now, do we then say, oh, that's okay, she can speak her mind? No, we say, we understand why you're saying that, but you also have to understand how that affects others. Did you say anything like that to that's her? That's exactly what I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, yeah that's what I, I missed said. that part. I was unloading the car. Yeah, honey, this whole time I've been talking about that I sat in the car with her two minutes after you left. Gotcha. Did, yeah. Were you not listening to me? No, I was listening to that, but up until this very minute, I was unaware that there was any follow-up discussion. Yes. So I thought you were as frustrated as I was. Oh, I was, but and, I wasn't. And that you handled it the way I did, which was passive-aggressive, which was... No, what, what I, I said right after you said I... Is go, what I, you said to, Cam, to that person. <laughs> <laughs> is that I 
you got out of the car, yeah, and, and I said I stayed in the car. Warm fuzzy and discussion. It wasn't even warm fuzzy. It wasn't like oh honey, I didn't coddle her. Mm-hmm. I just said let me explain why that could make someone sad. Yeah, and I was at a place of lack because right. I did not have that to give. All, the only thing I had to give was a cold stare. Well, and my point in saying that was I happened to be in the car. I was in an okay place to do it, but you could also come back fifteen minutes later, twenty minutes later, right before bed, and say let me explain to you why that upset so, me. Let's 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 roll with this a okay. little bit. So I never said there's no closure for me. I just gave her a stare and that right up until nothing else has happened. Okay. Do you think it's too late to have this discussion with her? Well, if I, you already did it, I think it's totally up to you. It's how it's affecting you inside. Does she need it? I feel like I, I think if we weren't talking about this on the show, I probably would have already forgotten about it. Right. And so my point is that I did follow up with her afterwards, which so, I didn't even know about, and I'm right. grateful that you did it. Right. So, so the thing is, is let's get back to what we were talking about before about nonviolence in our heart. If you were still frustrated with her right now, if you were somehow carrying around... No, I let it go. Okay, so then it's gone. Mm-hmm. And it was followed... And, you know, you and I talk about following up with children or talking to them about um, things that they say or do. Do we do that every single, single time? No. No. Right. Sometimes... <laughs> were you worried about <laughs> <I didn't know laughs> it? Well, I guess my point is, is there's no way to do this perfectly. I said no. No. <laughs> I think... I mean, uh, the thing, I it's being more conscious of when we have the opportunity. So let's pretend you never had the follow-up okay. conversation with her. Like I think a lot of parents are, will be like they're they're relating to the story because sure. they probably did something that they rolled they, their eyes at their child, shamed their. And when I'm or, using the word shame, it's it means you're whatever. making your child feel bad, yelling, talking, mm-hmm. staring, mm-hmm. any of the above. At what point is it too late not to bring it up anymore? I don't think it's ever too late to ever bring anything up. Because the thing is, is you're not doing it as a teaching for them. You're doing it so you can release it. And you're not releasing it like waiting for their forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You are letting them know, I am still carrying this around. She may say, I don't know what you're talking about. But you get the opportunity to process what you need to process with her. And what's sad about this is I didn't even think about myself in this whole thing. I thought... This is a teachable moment for this kid, and we should. And I should I be a good dad and try to teach her, or you know, have the discussion? Really, I didn't even put myself in the equation. And you're saying, parents, put yourself in the equation. If you're carrying it around, you need to release it in a healthy way. Otherwise, it'll get back. Otherwise, up. you carry it around, and that's when parents start to create these labels. My child's manipulative. Mm-hmm. My child is mean. My child doesn't respect other people and they carry these things around because they haven't resolved things that their children are doing do they sometimes happen a lot more with certain children or in succession or whatever i you know yes but that's because oftentimes we aren't um doing anything about it Mm -hmm. we're they're saying something inappropriate we look at them mean we say that's awful how dare you say that and then we walk away and they're like okay Mm -hmm. that was what i was feeling that was what i was thinking and so i must be a bad person because i'm thinking it and and the thing is is they are not a bad person they had a thought and they actually actually said a thought that is not socially appropriate Mm -hmm. and that can be yeah, hard. It was socially inappropriate. Socially inappropriate. And, but, you know, we have to question ourselves why did that trigger? It's interesting because it triggered you more than me. And it had more to do, to do with, with you. me. And so I think there, you know, you've got to look at that and say, why did that trigger me? And I think some of it could be 
It's hard to say because then we'll get into the specifics of what was said. Well, no, I can even take it off of that. I think some of it is when we're triggered by something, it's because of something we're either worried about Mm -hmm. that we really want to make sure our children understand and they don't. Yes, you have this concern about making sure that our children have this respect of family and understanding of who they are and where they come from, all good stuff. But then if they somehow deviate from that... Which she did. Then, which... She made a comment that did. Right. She is a human being, did right. not. Right. She made a comment that was, do you think a lot of kids would be thinking what she said? Yes. Yes. Because it affected her. She, she's she like, was talking, how, how did how this was, affect me? Basically, we made a decision that she didn't want to be, um, she, it affected her in a negative way. Right. And... Uh, but it was for the betterment of our entire family. Of betterment of, of the whole situation. Right. So, you know, it, it doesn't, it, I don't, we don't need to focus on the topic. It's about when children say something. When kids say mean things. When kids say mean things, it is what they're feeling. Right. So let's get to the core. Why are they saying that? When We did a show a while back on when kids say, I hate you. Right. It doesn't mean the kid is then bad. It doesn't mean they actually hate you. What is going on with them in that moment? Are they feeling an inability to communicate what they need to communicate? Are they having feelings that they don't have any other words that they can use to let you know how they're feeling? Are they feeling unheard? Mm -hmm. Are they feeling that you are being unfair? That's what I hate you can bring about is that conversation. The piece that parents miss is the opportunity to have that conversation. We want to walk away from it, be done with it, or expect them to be different. Mm -hmm. You know, we expect they shouldn't have said that they shouldn't be like that. Well, sorry, if you're really going to be present with your children, they just did say it. So you need to deal with it. And does that mean it's easy or does that mean you don't need to take some time away? Like we were just saying, you know, you need to walk away and be like, I'm so annoyed right now. I need to calm down before I have this conversation. And that's when you use your partner saying, listen, Kathy, I can't. And we we didn't have this communication. We just happened to, you you were in a place where you could deal with it better than I could. So um, I, I want to continue on with this okay. discussion. But first, I want to talk about what we have coming up, okay. you and I. We have a um, workshop. We have a workshop on May 19th. It's at the Daily Method in Elmhurst. You can go to my website, kathycadams.com, and go to... Um, my, the my, not to the store, coming events. Oh, coming events. Go That's to, right. go to my coming events page on Kathy C. Adams and everything we're doing is on there. Right. And all of our family yoga is on there because we're doing family yoga the second week of May, mm-hmm. second, second Friday in May, gotcha. second Friday of every month. Right. But you can go to my coming events page on kathycadams.com and look at that. And the, the dad's workshop that we're doing on May um, 19th, which mm-hmm. is the Saturday, um, is the, is basically it's called Raising Girls Who Love Themselves, but just for dads. Just so for dads. I did one for moms last month. This one is just for dads. It's uh, focusing on talking about difficult topics like sex and boys and body image and things that dads sometimes struggle with with their daughters. Like how do I how do I help my children with or my daughter with this? We're also going to talk about how, how to stay connected to your daughter when she starts to be interested in things you don't understand. How to um, understand her feelings and her growth and her maturity because sometimes dads because they didn't personally experience it, right. it can be really foreign. Well, and I would say most of the dads out there, unless they are doing some work, um, it's hard to relate to your daughters who are going through puberty, whose right. life, whose bodies are changing, and we want to think of our daughters as a you know person who's always going to be this little girl, and she's not. But she's they they don't, and they and as far as who to who we want to attend it is dads of 
little babies all the way up to dads of teenagers right now, I think it would be a really fruitful discussion because for the ones who have daughters of little babies, this is where you lay the foundation for really good topics and things that you and can go Start to. the communication early. Right. Like really what we try and talk about on this show and in our workshops is start these things early. So by the time they start to pull away, which is natural, mm-hmm. it's normal for your, your preteen and your teenage child to pull away a little bit because they have to, you know, create their own life create and differentiate from you. Yeah. Um, is that you've already got some things established. And so you don't have to work so hard at creating a new relationship in that time. It can be an evolution of the relationship you built when they were younger. So no matter how old your daughter is, like you said, an infant or a teenager, because there's still things you can do. There's always hope. Even if you feel detached, you can always make a shift. Um, So anyway, we're doing that workshop on May 19th. Second thing, um, Mother's Day is coming up. Your books are a good yes. book for Mother's Day, right? Mother's Day is, what is it, the 13th this year? I don't know. It's, it's, I think it is. It's in two weeks. And my books, if you have a friend. An or aunt, a grandma. An aunt, a grandma, a sister, a new mom, a friend who's pregnant that you want to give them a gift, go to my website, kathycadams.com. Go to the store, and my books are right there. You can get both books for $20, which is cheap, because yeah. they're both actually twelve ninety five. And if for some reason you struggle with that, they're on Amazon, too. They're called The Self-Aware Parent. Uh, part one and part two. And do you want to tease this teleseminar idea? Or well, not? I'll just say this. Todd and I, we were talking about having a parenting summer series where we went to people's houses. And it turns out all the people who keep emailing us about you know, having us come to their houses live in different states, right. which is fantastic. We love having listeners in different states, but we really can't travel with, that way with three kids. Right. You know, we just can't do that. So we really want to do something for these out-of-state um fans and we want to do a teleconference mm-hmm. and so we're setting it up and we will give you the information next week yeah, but we'll we wanted to next week. we wanted to tease that so you know and i think our first topic is going to be inner peace mm-hmm. for you yeah. and how to translate that to your family inner peace for your children and your spouse okay okay um, moving along yes um what i want to say is there's somebody on facebook that had a question about what do i do when my kid misbehaves and i want to call him a bad boy or something like that oh yeah and um i think it kind of relates to what we're talking about and because your response was basically you know if you really think about it little johnny is not a bad boy he is a good boy who made a bad decision Uh, he made a poor choice and I just wonder if you can expand on that. Well, you know, a, a lot of times, again, language that was handed down to us is be a good girl be or you're a bad boy or a bad girl, whatever. It's language that was handed down so we don't really see the harm in it, right? Mm-hmm. When I say handed down, I mean from generations. Right. But really, again, like we talked about not saying to your kids that you're proud of them, you really got to decipher these words that you're using and say, is that really what I want to say to my child is you're being a bad boy or you're being a good boy just because you're doing exactly what I told you to do? I don't know if the message is really great there. And what we talk about is instead instead of bad boy, how about that's a poor choice or that's a bad choice. Use bad if you want. I don't Mm -hmm. care what word you use. But it's the choice that's bad, not the person that's bad. And so that shift is huge mm-hmm. because what you want to teach about your child is that they are inherently good no matter what, that they come from love, mm-hmm. that all they are is love awareness, that right. they're, you know, I'm diving into words that are maybe more meaningful to me, but that it's their soul that's real, that we're all connected, that, you know, all those things. 
And if you start telling them they're bad, they start to disconnect to that part of themselves. And so it's more about choices. Like, you know, for example, our daughter that we were just talking about who, who says something that we get triggered by, you know, it's, it's not, she's not bad. Mm-hmm. The choice of words was poor. Her misunderstanding of how that would affect people was poor. But then even, but then we approach it that way and there's not so much fear. Right. I feel like parents are so fearful when their kid says or does something that it'll somehow mean what, you know, that, that their kid is going to do that in public. Well, they start fast forwarding. They start fast forwarding. And they think about how this might affect them in the future when it was a comment that she gave to us in a minivan. It's really not that big of a deal. And guess what? It went through her head. It was real. And so the discussion is necessary. Like, she may not, she doesn't understand how words affect people yet. I mean, she's getting there. She's getting old enough to start rational or to start hearing how they affect people. But like, you know, if a three or four year old says something mean or something that, you know, it doesn't mean they're bad. Yeah, and the the thing is, it's the middle years where these guys, you know, we have daughters that are seven and nine and we have a four year old. So, you know, if they're four four years old, you know, you understand that this four year old really doesn't know what it's saying. Right. Or what she's saying. (laughs) And then, but you know, there's, there's not like a day where like, okay, they turned eight year, years old. Now all of a sudden, now they should to, know. Now they should right. know. So we're never told that. So we have to kind of I know sit some, with it. I know some 40 year olds who don't say the greatest things all the time. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's not me because I'm not 40 yet. I know, but you will be in like three days. On Thursday. But you know what? I wasn't speaking about you because I think you say great things. Oh yeah. You're going to say something nice about me. I will. But let me finish by saying that there are people. I who, won't let you forget to say something I know nice you about won't. me. There are people who are unconscious of how their words affect other people. And they may be having thoughts that are normal for them and they may, um, you know, they may really be thinking those things, but sometimes they, bleh, you know, they put it all over other people to bring them down. And, and some, and so children do that too sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, and we just need to help our children understand that's what compassion is. Have understanding about how other people can be affected and understand how other people are affected and support them. And so the nice thing I was going to say about you, this has nothing to do with this topic that we're talking about. I, I'm okay. I'm willing to accept that. So I told Todd last night when we were watching TV, I said, I'm going to t- say on the radio show something I really like about you. And the thing Is I really... Is it my biceps? That, your guns. Yeah, the guns. The guns. Two tickets to the guns here. <laughs> um, no, that's not it. It's that you have always, since I've met you, since way long ago, 20 years ago, been very unconcerned about how other people respond to you. Oh, really? How And that doesn't mean you are inappropriate with other people. It means that you wear socks and slippers oh, when yeah. you're going out. Oh, yeah. I don't care about and what I look like. you used to wear Hawaiian shirts all the time. And mambo socks on my head. And mambo socks on your head. And you've been very... Un- and I don't really worry about what I look like, per se. It's it's not about appearances that you I tell me. I kind of take it to the extreme the other way. You do. But, you, but I like... Like, you know, if I'm calling someone and I'm nervous, you're like, you're just calling them. Yeah. You know, just call them and do it. Like, you don't have a sense of, of feeling like you're going to throw someone else off or that you are bothering someone. That's the other thing because you're a salesman. Right. And you just call people and you're, you know, you'll say, hey, is this a good time? Do I catch mm-hmm. you at a good time? But you're not worried about what they're thinking. No. And that's really always, I really appreciated that as a teaching for me. Well, I didn't prepare anything for you. So oh. in the words of Sam Malone from Cheers, I'll say ditto. <laughs> but that doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't. But remember that Cheers where <laughs> Diane do. and Sam had to um, 
come up <laughs> with like whatever on a week from Tuesday, you guys are going to have to. They decided they're going to tell each other how they feel about each right. other. Right, and they both showed up and so. Well, Diane no, so what happened was Sam showed up that night at the bar at like midnight with all his friends, like Carla and Norm. And then Diane showed up at midnight, and it freaked Sam out, so he wasn't ready. So he kept on saying, Mayday, Mayday, because he was Mayday Malone. Okay. He figured he can come up with something really good in the pinch. And she read this, she said this eloquent speech about how much she adores Sam and blah, blah, blah. You are really taking this story far. And he goes, ditto. <laughs> That's my punchline. Well, thank you. Um, and that was also said in Ghost. So that uh, yeah. must be a male thing well, yeah, to the do. The girl thinks of Ghost and Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore, and the guys who are listening know that Sam Malone said ditto. I love Sam Malone. No, you're not like, no, no. Are you kidding? No, I named my kidding. iguana Sam after Sam Malone. Yeah, but Sam, you thought it was a girl and it was a boy? or you No, thought no, it was I a thought boy. it was a boy and my iguana was a girl. And how did you find that out? She laid eggs. Yeah, so, yeah, it's yeah. probably not a boy. Yeah, it was confusing for all parties. But then you continue to use a pronoun of the, of hey, the masculine. girls use Sam now. Girl, Samantha, Sam. I know, but you said, oh, you said like his. Well, and you know, he. I had her, him for like no, uh, it's not her, 13 him, years, it's her. and it was hard to make a shift. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, off of that subject. Were we um, very tangential there? Yes, we were. But um, should we talk about our wonderful partners? Um, yes. Uh, Avid Company, 630-956-1800. They're running a beginning of May special. Really really special mm-hmm. it's a special special it is an especially <laughs> it's an special. especially special special avidco.net <laughs> avidco.net and tree of life chiropractic care yes and i'm so excited to go tomorrow because my left hip is out from all of our driving this weekend so um, it's and good. there's something on their website about um there's like a little stress test that you can take on their website so oh, really chirotree.com check it out it's on their website and it gives you an idea of if stress is a dominating factor in your life and, yes. and what to do about it. Yes. Because a chiropractor is a good way to deal with it stress. It is definitely one way um, one way to reach wellness, mm-hmm. and, it can, and that connects to every aspect of your life. If you're finding wellness in one area of your life, you can it connects to everything else and that's you know kind of going back to the point we were talking about at the beginning of the show about the Dalai Lama's teachings and um, you know what Deepak is teaching and what we're hopefully teaching in our small way right. you know what I mean because they're trying to spread a message that we are wanting to continue to spread right. and that is that within a family um, any kind of shift starts with you personally that a lot most p- parents who come to me who want support, they tell me about their child. They tell me about their adult or their um, their partner. They tell me about why that person needs to change, why they're wrong. And, and those things may be true in that they're having difficulty with that person. But I always have to start with them, meaning the person who's coming to me. What's going on with you? Are you taking time for yourselves? What shifts are you making? Are you being a good listener? Not in a blaming way, but you can't change anything unless you start with yourself. You can't. You know, be the change. Be the yeah. Gandhi said it so long ago, and uh, I posted a, a quote on my self-aware parent page today on Facebook that Deepak said that social transformation cannot occur without personal transformation. We can't expect there to be some kind of global change or global peace without us doing that first for ourselves. It doesn't work that way. It's got to start on an individual basis. And um, people have to be inspired to do it intrinsically, not for the, you know, not for you, but for themselves. Here, here. Well yeah. put, sweetie. Thank you. Um, okay, tournament of bad. Oh, do you have more? 
Um, I, there's always more. Oh boy! I was I was at the grocery store this morning. Okay. And Cameron wanted me to find the Jello, the non-red Jello. Yeah. Why doesn't she like red Jello? I don't know. Well, it's who probably good because red. Doesn't, who doesn't love red Jello? But red food dies bad. Versus green. Well, I know it's just all bad. Okay, so um, I'm in the grocery store. I can't find the Jello, and I asked three different people, all wearing like jewel color clothes, doing inventory and stocking things. Jewel costumes. Yeah. And I said, "Do you know where the Jello is?" They're like, "No." They're like, "No, I don't work here." <laughs> and they're like filling the shelves. Oh, you know, it's oh yeah, yeah. So because and, sometimes they're there as distributors, right? Well, it's not like it's a Pepsi distributor working on a big display. These are people doing inventory in a Jewel that look like Jewel employees. Oh, that's but funny. But all three of them said, "I don't work here." So is your and none of them knew? Is your tournament of bad that you can't find Jello? I found it. It was in the uh, where the yogurt, dairy, yeah, the yes. yogurt is. I was just gonna say I can give you a little tip there. So that's the bad. The good is Pringles. Mm, I don't agree. Oh, well, I do, and I'll tell you why. Oh, bad. The tr- Pringles are bad. No, Pringles are good. Oh, okay. Pringles are good because okay. our cabinet space is a little. We don't have it's a lot small, of it. Right. It's small, and it's it's one little tube, and there's a Correct. lot of chips in there, and okay. there's no dead space. Versus these other bags of potato chips where half of it is air. So you're saying Pringles are good. They're not bad. Yeah, it's the opposite of bad. I'm, well, I'm, then you're doing tournament of bad. I'm, no, I'm, t- I'm, no, Pringles are in the good category of oh, my tournament of okay. bad. And then the tournament of bad is the Jell-O employees. Oh, so you're doing a good and a bad. Yes. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I was that uncle- took a lot of work. You said my next one is Pringles, and I said I don't agree because I don't think Pringles are good. Oh well, I do. I know, and this, and I gave you the reasons why. Okay, because they taste good, right? And they don't take up a lot of space, right. In your cupboard, okay. Cupboard sounds like a grandma word, doesn't it? It does. In the old cupboard, um, and then my, um, do you have any tournament and bad stuff? I no, but I wish someone would create a drive-through that had healthy food. Mm. That's I don't. That's not. That's just a random thought. But we were in the car a lot this weekend, and I wish that. I could drive through somewhere and get some hummus and pita. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really work. I mean, I'm all good about French fries. I love them. It's not that I'm so above it. It's that I would like a balance. I would like to be able to drive through and quickly and get something that's healthy rather than have to choose between fish, chicken, and no, I wouldn't eat any of that anyway. But it, there's nothing, you know, let's... So for all your entrepreneurs out there, get a fast food drive through with, with healthy hummus. food. Yes. Hummus and whatever. And good sandwiches. Stuff you eat. Yes, and carrot sticks. Like or even something. Potbellies doesn't have a drive through. No. They should. I bet they do somewhere, but they don't here. We'll do the research. Yeah. Okay. And then last but not least, Derek Rose, he's out for the season. Aww. That's my sports Bulls. update. But that doesn't mean they're they're done. They have a chance. They so you're telling me there's a chance. I, you tell me there's a chance. That the the team has been doing great even when he's not around. Well, they play tonight, so we'll okay. see how they we'll do see. without him. Okay, we'll let you know. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Bye bye.